0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu.
1: From NPR Music, this is all Latino. I'm Felix Contreras.
2: I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Let the chisme begin.
1: Okay, Ana Maria Sayer or Carmen San Diego, where have you been recently? What have been some of your favorite spots? Because you are all over. I can't even keep track of you.
2: <laughs> okay, Felix. Well, I love everywhere that I've been, but if I had to pick one, one that's popping into my brain right now is Bogota in Colombia. I went for BIME, a music conference, back in May. So... I had an amazing time, sang my heart out of karaoke, met a ton of people from all over the Latin music world, and I love going to conferences like this because it really does feel like the whole familia is there. You know, you really get to feel that sense of like, wow, this community is so big and so diverse, and it was just a really special experience because of that.
1: That's one of the things I like about this gig is being able to connect with people from far-flung locations at these conferences and then make those connections and see how it's interpreted in the music.
2: I know, you do always talk about that. But, you know what I did find really interesting is that I had so many conversations where somehow being between two worlds came up. You know how people talk about that? Like I had a friend from Bogota who moved to the U.S. at 18 and then moved back to Bogota and doesn't feel quite from Colombia or from the U.S. Another friend who moved from the DR is a younger age, spent years in New York, went back to the DR. Artists who grew up in the U.S. and never lived in their countries of origin but feel the connection and vice versa. There's just... So much going on for people, but everyone shares that feeling.
1: Yeah, it is a common part of the experience of these musicians when they ignore actual borders and they actually at the same time ignore genres, which I think is part of the whole magic of of the contemporary music scene right now.
2: But the thing is, of all of those people that I met, no one I think probably ever has struck me as straddling multiple worlds. More than our guests today poppy, hip-hop, R&B, mix-of-all-genres artist Yendry. Uh, She was born in the Dominican Republic, raised in Italy. I asked her during our interview where she lives now, and she couldn't quite give me an answer. Quite the citizen of the world these days.
1: Uh, Sounds familiar. Sounds like somebody
2: I know. Okay, Felix. But the thing is, her story is very much one of finding a way to marry her cultures. The Italian that she grew up in, the Dominican in her blood she finds the interesting pieces and creates something out of that almost taking the synergy between the two cultures and making something new i started the conversation asking her about what it was like growing up in italy
3: i would say it's always divided into different you know periods of time
2: mm-hmm.
3: i feel like when i got there it was obviously a big cultural shock cuz i didn't speak the language me and my mom we spoke only spanish mm-hmm. So when I got there, it was easier for me because I was four years old and she was like 28. Mm. So, you know, it was kind of hard for her to pick up on everything. And I had to go to school. So I was like, okay, this or, you know, it's like you go into a survival mood. You're like, wow, all these guys are talking to me in a language that I don't understand. So I better try to figure out how to communicate with them. So it was like a little bit of a shock. And plus, everybody was white. And I was the only brown girl in in that little city, little town in the countryside. So I remember my mom told me that I used to be like, oh, mom, I want like straight hair like them. Why is my skin different? you know, because they're kids. So obviously they're reminding you that you're different, that you look different from mm-hmm. them, from them. Because it's like a, a news, you know, for them, something new.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And my mom had to explain to me, okay, because you were born in a place, you know, the way you explain to kids, it's something like, yeah, you know, that that's not very easy sometimes to explain to them. And and she would she would say to me, oh, because you were born in an island where there's a lot of sun, so your skin had to create more melanin, and that's why it's looking brown. Mm-hmm. So you know, your skin has to protect yourself from the sun and that's why we're brown and they they don't need it that much because here it's more cold and stuff mm. like that. So she definitely had to like explain and introduce me to, you know, like that proud, you mm-hmm. know, to be as I am. And then as a teenager I was I switched off completely from Spanish and my Dominican culture because I wanted to be accepted. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm Italian, <laughs> you yeah. know. I speak Italian better than you guys. You know, I'm mm. very good at school. I used to like have good notes at school just because I feel like I have always had to prove mm-hmm. myself and be like the one that's doing it better. Yeah. It was like a way of showing people that, you know, I can do it too. And then at certain point when I was like around like 17, I stopped and I thought about it and I was like, "Okay, there's something different about me." Like my essence, you know. There's something different, mm-hmm. different. So I need to figure out what's that, mm. and I kind of embraced, you know, my culture. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure out what's there. Mm. And I started to speak Spanish way more. And I met my father for the first time when I was seventeen. I went to New York to meet him, and I was forced to speak Spanish with him because that was the wow. only way to communicate. So I was like, okay, reset. I really have to, like, you know, connect with my roots. And from there, I feel like I felt way better. I grew up with my mom and my stepfather. That's my father for me, you know, because I met him when I was four. Mario. He was an incredible father to me, you know. Like Italian. The, yeah, Italian. Mario used to listen to his vinyls and he used to listen to a lot of, he's Italian, but he used to listen to a lot of, like, Michael Jackson, Barbara Streisand, the Bee Gees, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, Whitney Houston, he was crazy about Whitney. So we used to spend, like, are like Sundays, you know, listening to those vinyls, you know, in the garage, he had like (laughs) in the garage, fixing bicycles. It was really cool. I definitely grew up around music a lot.
2: Was that just you and him together doing that? Like, was your mom there? It was just, that was a thing you guys...
3: My mom was listening to Selena
2: (laughs) and And another part of the (laughs) house. She was upstairs. You know, limpiando. (laughs)
4: Yeah, because, wow. you
3: know, that's when moms, you know, I feel like all the music that I sunk in was coming from her, you know, during, on the Sundays, you know, on the weekends when mm-hmm. she used to clean. She was like, okay. And she was like, amor prohibido. I was <laughs> <It's> like, Wow. <laughs> And we used to, I used to be like, What what is she like what is she doing? And now I love those songs. So where were
2: you? Used. Were you just running up and down the stairs up and down. Listening to everything?
3: <laughs> yeah. That's the story of my life between two different worlds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it was all there. It was all accessible for you in all in there. one home yeah. in Italy. Yes. And that's cool. That's
3: cool because nobody in my family, like no one in my family, is in the music industry or mm-hmm ever played anything or thought of, even thought about singing or, you know, playing an instrument. So I was really like the weirdo of the family. <laughs> like, what do you want to do? Music? Ah, cool. <laughs> They're
2: like, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what do you actually want to do?
3: <laughs> yeah, my mom, oh, poor girl. She was like, poor woman. She was like, so you want to like sing like they've always been like very supportive. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, coming from a very humble family, they were like working a lot. I would take care of my two brothers all the time because they were like always constantly working. And my mom, I remember one day she was like, I crossed the ocean to give you like access to education, you know, and mm-hmm. different opportunities. And you're telling me that you wanna go to study philosophy at the university Mm. i was like yeah mom but i want to do it for myself you know for my own culture personal culture and and she was like yeah but what job that's going to give you yeah and i was like i don't need a job i already have a job but i'm a singer she was like oh (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) but no she told me like listen that's a very hard uh journey you know so she told me just Be prepared and keep in your head that you have to be, like, very determined if you want to follow that. And you have a beautiful voice. My mom told me, like, you have a beautiful voice, and I'm not just telling you because I'm your mom. She's very, she's very honest. Like, trust me, when I was playing volleyball, she was not telling me I was good. (laughs) So, yeah, she told me, you have an amazing voice, and, you know, when you sing, you kind of, like, transmit something. So... Just like, that's your thing And just be prepared to like Go through hard times But that's gonna, you know, if you believe in it Just go for it mm-hmm. That was the best advice I got from her
4: Si una foto fuera más que un recuerdo Como una puerta que se puede abrir Entrar por un abrazo y salir
2: what do you think she, she meant when she said you transmit something?
3: I think there's something that you can't really... Because I never really studied music or, you know, singing lessons. But there's something that you can't really teach to someone. You know, when you feel something from somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know, somewhere inside me or somewhere far from me. I don't know. I feel like you can connect... To people through voice like voice is one of the best instrument ever and it doesn't need to be technically you know right or technically good you know sometimes there's people that have like these crazy voices and you're like whoa or there's people that are not really very in tune Mm -hmm. but they they give you like emotions and feelings so I feel like that's what she meant you know
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I sometimes I cry when I sing. You know, it's something that deep that I feel I feel it so deep that and she cried before listening to me. You know, so I feel that's what she yeah, that's what she meant.
4: Como me duele cada día Porque podría sobrevivir pero no vivir
2: pero no vivir I mean, what what do you think that meant for her? What do you think she was hearing or does hear in your voice? I don't know. Um, definitely now
3: that she saw me on stage for the first time, like last November, that was her first time. That was her first time
2: seeing you on stage. <gasps>
3: Why? It's because I've always been like doing my thing, and you know, I had the jazz band and then a more like ex- experimental. Electronic band. Mm-hmm. And that thing was not really her, you know, kind of music. So she came before to a show a long time ago. But I, what I was doing was covers, you know. Mm. They were covers and just voice and guitar. And I feel like seeing me on a stage singing my own songs, like music that I wrote that have my own story in it, and some stories are about her as well, that touches, you know, that hits differently, I yeah. think. For her. And I just think she's very proud, you know, what she told me, but I just think she's very proud of the fact that I just kept doing my thing and um and I really acknowledge the sacrifice that she did moving to another country mm-hmm. for me, you know, mm-hmm. to, for her but also for me. So I feel like she she understands it.
2: What what drew you to singing initially? When did you first start singing? Um, <laughs> it's hard to say when I really
3: started. Um I have a video of me when I was six and I was like dancing La Macarena. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, then, good start. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was I had this like guitar toy and I mm-hmm. and I was singing an Italian song and it was really bad. You know, like my voice was obviously like a kid's voice and I was completely out of tune. It's really bad, but I just enjoyed it so much. And I feel like I grew up just singing everything I heard, you know, I used to listen to. And I started singing by imitation. You know? Yeah. When I heard, I don't know, like the Destiny's Child and... Britney Spears, you know, what was on MTV, you know, uh, the Black Eyed Peas, all of that. I was like, whoa, I'm singing that, you know. Mm -hmm. I used to recreate sounds Mm -hmm. and that got me to a place where I used to spend my days just like learning songs, learning Mm -hmm. how to sing songs. So I had two goals. One was recreate like Whitney Houston voice, which was very hard, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't know how to sing. Mm-hmm.
2: You're like, and uh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give it all, you know. <laughs> I could see. I, could, I I wonder how your mom came to support because <laughs> <laughs> listening to that for hours. It was really bad. But she was like, Let's go, babe. <laughs> wow, that is love. That yeah, is She love was like, right That's
3: there. commitment. And sometimes she would tell me like the boy callar? <laughs> Por favor, como un segundo, porque siempre está con, cantando y cantando y cantando. Mm-hmm. And the second goal was to learn how to was to learn English because I really wanted mm-hmm. that. So I was like, okay, I need to, you know, sing this. Mm-hmm. So we kinda started like that. It was like a process.
1: We'll get back to this fantastic interview with Gentry right after this break.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Hulu. Don't miss the new docu-series, Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how Black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how a new study aims to impact an underrepresented community.
2: My
3: greatest hope for the Voices of Black Women study is that it will help us understand and identify culturally tailored ways to change and
0: really eliminate the unacceptable disparities for future generations of Black women as it relates to cancer. To learn more, go to voices.cancer.org. What does it mean to be Black in America? And NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear. It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast.
1: And we're back with Honor's Conversation with Gentry.
2: You mentioned that you started singing at school, and that's when you really realized that that people wanted to listen, right? Was that still at a time in your life in Italy where you were really feeling this urgency to to assimilate and to be Italian and to, to kind of really be a part of just being accepted there?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was like during the whole process, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was in those times. And that's another thing that I find interesting. The reason why I don't sing in Italian now is because... I don't like the sound of my voice in Italian when I'm singing. Mm. It's a very, like, particular thing. I just don't like it right now. I feel like I haven't found my my mm, dimension, you know, mm-hmm. with it. So since I started, probably because I started imitating, you know, people that I used to sing in English, I like how my voice sounds more in English mm. and Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, like, I remember I didn't sing in Spanish. Like with my jazz band, I used to sing in English. And one day, but I was already 22, one day they were like, okay, what did you bring? Because we used to bring like songs uh, that were out already and rearrange them. And I was like, actually, I listened to this song called Mechita and I listened to the version of Silvia Perez Cruz. And I don't know why I felt something, so I would like to try to arrange this one. They were like, cool, let's try. And I sang it for the first time, and they were like, wow, there's something in your voice when you sing in Spanish. And And I was like, yes, I got... Goosebumps and I was about to cry. So I feel like I have to investigate more about it. So I took a trip to the R by myself. Wow. <laughs> and um I used to go to the R, but just like, you know, to your grandma's house and then you stay there in the patio and just a comer <laughs> <Como course>. locos <laughs> 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 and that's that's all, you know. You don't really like travel that much, cause. Mm-hmm. My family's from a barrio, and you go there, and that's it. You know, that's the city. You know, So I was like, no, I'm taking a trip, and I'm going around the island. I need to figure out things about myself, and I want to like get to know. And after that, when I came back, I started writing in Spanish, and I just never stopped. Yeah. So I started singing in Spanish because of that.
2: And w- what did that feel like for you at this point? Because, I mean... You came from the DR, you've been living in Italy for years, you grew up imitating Whitney Houston, and now here you are singing in Spanish. Like, what did that, how did that feel for you? Did it feel like something finally clicked? Yeah, I feel
3: like that click was also, like, reflected on the way I make music, just, like, accepting my weirdness and my taste in music. Because before, I've always felt like I was the outsider of the family, right? Because Mm -hmm. obviously they listen to bachata, reggaeton, merengue, or pop music. And I used to listen to, like, The Overphonic and Radiohead and Bjork and Arca and Boreal. And my mom, you know, like, they wouldn't recognize those sounds. They would Mm -hmm. be like, oh, what is this? ¿Cómo es este ruido? You know, it's like, what is this noise you're listening to? And by the way, it's not because they, you know, They didn't appreciate, but they didn't know that type of music. And I like experimental music, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've always felt like the outsider. But now, after i found my dimension, then it's way easier for me to just experiment with that as well and put a little bit of that into my music, you know? Like after that, now I wouldn't be afraid of insert some elements from, let's say, affix music into a merengue, you know, like, right. I wouldn't mind, you know, I'm like, right. okay, I'm open to do it. But before I just, I was a little bit more lost.
4: Hey. Hey
3: what I don't like when people are like oh that artist music changed of course it changed <laughs> because music is a reflection of what I'm living and what I'm experiencing and what I'm getting influenced by so of course the music that I'm gonna make in one ear may be like more rock than what I'm making now because maybe I spent, let's say, a few months with a rock band or learning how to play guitar and I fell in love with an electric guitar, you know? I feel like some people need to understand that we're human and then we just put our experiences into music and we develop, like my taste has been developing constantly in music, in food, in clothes, everything. I have some songs that are in English and it's because They were just born that way, and I'm not going to force a language, you know? I have a song with Damien Marley, and I remember when I went to his studio, it was not like an organized session. Like, I met his producer to work together, and he was like, hey, I like your approach to music, and I feel like Damien would like it, so let's bring you to the studio. I was like, cool, (laughs) nice.
2: Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah, sure, of course. (laughs) And I realized we were jamming, and... It just came out in english
4: i can see that you're a hunting boy you want to waste my time you you have the love in woman employ you have the love in woman a
2: enjoy so now that you've trapped your whole family into being more into the music that you want them to be listening to <laughs> <laughs> um, what does that mean for, for future projects? Does that mean you know, you're know you going to lean more on Bachata, you're going to lean more into some of your your more electronic beats? Like What are you feeling for the future?
3: Well, so I feel like I've been putting out a lot of singles. Mm-hmm. And that could be a cool thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But sometimes people don't know what to expect from me. <laughs> They're like, oh, what is she going to do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is cool for me because that gave me like a sort of out of the box, you know, label. So I already like, that gave me like the freedom to actually, you know, just create and not worry too much about, oh, this is the genre I need to go for. Yeah. But I feel like it comes also, like I said, when you develop as a person, then everything changes. So now I have an album that it's almost ready, but I feel like I made it like time ago. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I have to adjust it to who I am now and my sound now, which could be tricky because some songs, you know, they were born that way. So it's hard to. Right. And sometimes people don't really get it. It's like, oh, you put that song out. Yeah, but I made it like three years ago. You know, it's just, you know, it's it's tricky. So I feel like now I found few elements that are gender, you know, Mm -hmm. that are me. I like choirs, and I like to stack a lot of voices, you know, the backing vocals. And I love dramatic stuff, and I love synthesizers, and I love, like, the synth bass more than anything else, and I love percussion. So now I have elements that I can create with and just... Right. But it's still not going to be, like, one genre, because that's just not my thing, you know.
2: It's not who you are. No, <laughs> <laughs> Like
3: one of my like one of the favorite like my favorite artists as well. I could say they have no you know genre like mm-hmm. outcasts or you know a mm-hmm. fixed twin. You know they don't really do one thing. Yeah, and I can see myself in that. <laughs>
2: Do you feel like you have anything in your life now that is the equivalent of you running up and down the stairs listening to Selena up top and to to (laughs) jazz on the bottom? I feel like I'm
3: constantly between those words. Like I'm constantly speaking Italian with my friends on my phone. And then I'm um, speaking English with my boyfriend and also Spanish with him and also, like, Spanish with my Dominican family. So I'm constantly, like, my team, they all speak English. Yeah. So I'm working in English, but then, you know, like, I have, everything is kind of in section, but all these sections, they just, like, yeah. they all together. So it's a little bit of a chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's, my whole life has been that. That metaphor of me going yeah. upstairs and downstairs, you know, yeah. and it's it's hard because like when I'm in Italy, I'm like, woo, I'm in Italy, and I switch to Italian, and I'm eating my Italian food, and then I go to the R, and I'm like, estamos <laughs> aqui you know, it's like different. It's like having different, you know, yeah. identities, different personalities.
1: Okay, Anna, you covered a lot of ground on that. And I'm really just even more impressed with how she juggles all of those cultural inputs from her cultural background, where she grew up in Italy, even adopting the life here in the United States and the music industry here in the United States. So many different things. A fascinating conversation.
2: You know what I loved, Felix? And I feel like we've experienced this before with a number of like younger artists is I really felt like we were catching her at a moment where she's still so thoroughly like entrenched in this process of discovering where she's at and who she is, you know? Like she has all of these different parts that are that are kind of contributing to to what she makes as a musician and just like what she feels as a person as she's like navigating Italy and the DR and the US and all of these things. But I'm so excited to see like what she ultimately leans into, you know? The way that she's playing with how she produces her music and with what feels the most natural and the most authentic to her in terms of the language that she uses, I mean, I just feel like that's so representative of, of an artist like her in a sense that they really have to sort out all the parts of who they are and they do that through the music you know they do that through playing with how they produce it and what language they sing in and the fact that that's the tool she's using to be like this is who i am and this is where i'm from is just incredible
1: to me that's exactly why i continue to love to do this show for a number of reasons right but that specifically just running into musicians as we've done the whole time we've been doing a show we run into musicians right as they're developing, and then we watch them grow and develop and become the musicians that they are. Gendry's exactly at that same spot, exactly the same spot. It's, it's, I'm so glad you guys talked about that. So thanks for bringing in that interview because I, I really enjoyed it. And that's going to do it for this week. You have been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills, and the woman who keeps things on track is Grace Chung.
2: Our audio producer for this episode is Isabella Gomez-Sarmiento, and our production assistant is Jerusalem Truth.
1: Mil gracias to our interns, Sofia Seidel and Pilar Galvan, and to the main man, the jefe and chief, Keith Jenkins, the VP of Music and Visuals.
2: I'm Ana Maria Sayer.
1: And I'm Felix Contreras. As always, thank you so much for listening. See you next week.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR.
2: It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you.